I love how everything just flows together when you're waiting on the Lord and you just come up out of what we can see and you listen up to what heaven says. It all just flows together. So um, we're going to keep flowing. You just checked in online. Welcome. It's interesting, the vision that um, Miriam was seeing this morning about um, a fountain and um, kind of mud and that it was like stuff just sitting on top almost. And, you know, that's what life can be like. It's like stuff can sit on top. And it's like, but God is bubbling, bubbling. And we can feel that within us. It's like bubbling, bubbling. I'm sure there's a song, song to go with every occasion. <laughs> if not, you can make up one. Um, but it's a bubbling song and um, a bubbling song. There's a bubbling going on. It's going to come out in a minute. <laughs> and um, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. He, he creates that. You know, sometimes we think being uncomfortable, there must be something wrong. But actually, often God allows us to get uncomfortable as a catalyst for change to happen, as a catalyst for breakthrough, as a catalyst for to catapult us where we need to be and what he wants to place us in. And we often think, oh, but I want to be comfortable. No, he says he came to make the comfortable uncomfortable. And uh, so if you're a comfort seeker, you're in the wrong place. Yeah? <laughs> because um, God doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants to stretch us. He wants to grow us. He wants us bigger on the inside. He wants us to be like arrows in his bow that will allow him to fire us wherever he wants us to go. Amen? Amen? So you can say out amen. <laughs> and um, so this morning, as, as Miriam was sharing that, it was like the bubbling is going on because he wants to... Sh- fire off some lids. He wants to expand us. He wants to grow us. He wants us to be seen. He wants us to see others to see how magnificent we are, that people would look at us and say, look at those ones. They are the ones the Lord has blessed. And I feel like some places there is lids on, there is disappointment, there's discouragement. And boy, have I been through that walk. I, I'm you know, preach, preaching to myself this morning and God is just setting me up. But anyway, I'm going to just be obedient. But um, if you feel like that where you've just been through stuff and it thinks like here's another hit coming, this is for you this morning. This is for you this morning. Because the Lord, as he's been saying to me all year and he's reminding him again this week, Oh, he's so funny. But anyway, um, he says, you know, Peter was out and he'd been fishing all night and he had not caught a thing. And he was tired. Now listen up then. He was tired, he'd been doing it, he'd been doing the right things. This was his trade. He should have known how to catch a fish. You ever feel like that? I should know how to do this by now. This should be better by now. There should be more in my bank account. There should be more people by now. There should be more. There should be an increase by now. And I really felt the Lord saying, as he did to Peter, he said he'd tied it up and he'd given up and he was coming back to shore and, boy, can we be like that? And he said, Peter... Cast your net out again and watch what I'm going to do. Cast your net out again. He said, but I've just tidied up my net. And he got huffy and and kind of history says that he threw out just his old net that had a few holes in it because he didn't want to use the good one. Don't do that. Because what happened is that every fish in that lake decided they were going to come to Peter's net and to all his mates. And they had so many fish coming that all the boats could not hold the catch that Jesus sent. And I just want to encourage you today that if you feel like that, no matter what you've come through, Jesus is saying, 
cast your net out again. And Peter said, okay, Lord, I've been fishing all night. I've been doing this a long time, but at your word, Lord, I will do it again. At your word, Lord, I will try again. At your word, Lord, I will let that stuff bubble out within me. I'm not going to squish a dream anymore. I'm not going to push it down. I'm not going to push my talent aside. I'm not going to push the word that you've spoken aside anymore. I'm going to let it bubble up. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to start to declare it again. I'm going to start to believe again. I'm going to start to hope again because at your word, Lord, I will try again. Amen? Told you I was getting set up. All right, so Matthew chapter 25, I want to just encourage you because the Lord really, really, really wants us to be all that we're created to be. And he takes it very personally when we don't. All right, so I'm just going to change tact a little bit and then get back to what I just said. It's, just, it's the story of the parable that Jesus told of the, um, the talents. Because in this room and listening online, And the people around you, there is talents, there is gifts, there is ability, there is anointing that you are sitting on, that you have allowed the enemy to squish, that you have allowed circumstances and false evidence that appears real, that's fair, to come and squish you down. And I am preaching to myself as well because I know what it's like to get hit and hit again and hit again and hit again. But guess what? We have the anointing of the most high high God in us. We have the DNA of the creator of the universe in us. And so if he says that rise up, then he says we can rise up. If he says we're an overcomer, then we are an overcomer. If he says we are successful and not a failure, then he means we're a success and not a failure. If he put it in us, then it's there for a reason. It's not just to kick you up the pants when you're having a bad day and go, oh, look, you're not doing it. It's to make us rise up. Am I stirring you up yet? Good. All right. Verse 14 of chapter 25 of Matthew says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20 says, And so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would receive back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. 
For to everyone who has, more will be given, and to he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is actually one of the places in the word that is the strongest, very strong language about the Lord. Now the Lord is, the, Lord, the master is God. And it's very strong language that Jesus used here about, about the, the, the servant who did nothing with his talent. He did nothing with his gift. He buried it. Why did he bury it? Because he was afraid. He was afraid of being disappointed. He was afraid of his master. He was afraid of not being able to do anything. And this morning, I just want us to hear what God is saying. He's not putting this heavy weight on us. He wants to stir things up in us. And it's like fear is not an excuse for not doing what God wants us to do. Fear is not an excuse to squish down the gifts and abilities and talents that God has put in us. Fear is not an excuse to back away from God and say, well, it's too hard. It's not an excuse because what God has put in us, he expects it to increase and he's made it to increase. He's designed it to increase. It's like an acorn. It's a tiny little acorn seed. You know, like a little thing that as an oak tree grows from. Inside that oak tree is this massive ability and potential to increase into a magnificent tree. That's branches spread for metres and metres. It's like when God puts something in us, when God gives us something, he expects it to increase. When he gave the talent to the servants, he expected that what they did with it would increase. He gave them wisdom to do it. And the one that did nothing is the one that buried it. He buried it because he did not expect it to increase. He did not expect it to do anything and he let fear dictate to him. He was angry because the servant had buried his talent and did nothing with it. He hid it from himself so he didn't have to look at it and he hid it from God so, you know, don't have to look at it. And it's like how often we can do that. We've been given gifts and God has entrusted them to us. In this very room, there are so many gifts and talents and ability. What are we doing with them? There's songs in this room. There's music in this room. There's books and art and businesses and, and so many other things creativity, ideas, inventions. What are we doing with the gift that God has given us? You know, because as I was talking to one of the kids this week, I said, you know, God gives us talents, but when we work at that talent, it's then that it becomes a skill. God gives us talents, but when we work at it, it becomes a skill and it increases and it increases and it increases. Was it, it 10,000 hours? and you become an expert at something, if you just focus on that one thing in 10,000 hours, you'll become an expert. But we go, oh, it's too long. What if you started now? What could you achieve in six months? What could you achieve in a year? Now, Philip shares about it. It's like, if you started now, you'd have that university degree. If you'd have that diploma, you'd have that skill honed if you started now. But too often we allow fear and the lie of the enemy and you can't do it and it's too hard and we, so we do nothing. And another month goes by and then another year goes by. And guess what? Then we just live with a planet of regret hovering around our head. 
What are you doing with the skill and talent that God has given you? Because if you've got breath, if you're still heart beating, then we have a job to do. We have something that God wants us to do because it's not just about us. It's about the world out there needs to see us. We're hiding our light under a bushel if we do not rise up. If we do not rise up and and be who God created us to be. We all have different abilities and we're not to compete with each other. You know, I do it. I get my (laughs) butt kicked when I do it. It's like... I have, I have abilities and I just look over here and go, yeah, but look at them. And my kids walk past and just shake their head at me. But it's like, it's like, look, we're always looking out instead of looking up. We look at what everybody else is doing instead of looking up at what he says. I love the story of Gideon. And, you know, Gideon was, um, he was um, hiding in the, in the wine press. He was hiding there. Um, doing the grain. What's it called? Threshing, that's right, threshing the grain. And he was hiding because the Midianites, their enemies of the Israelites, would come through and they would just take everything. They were raiding parties. And so if they wanted to have their grain for their families, they would have to take it and hide it and, and press and thresh it there so they would have food to eat and be able to harvest their grain. And God appears to him and, he, and, um, and says... I want you to go and take um, an army and go up against the Midianites. And he goes, why are you choosing me? And he actually calls himself the least of his brothers. He called himself the least qualified. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm the, I'm the wimpiest. I'm not strong. I'm the most cowardly out of all my family. I'm here hiding in a wine press. Can't you see me, God? And you're asking me to go out there? And go out to battle against the Midianites who are these crazy raiders that take everything and kill anybody in sight who comes up against him. You want me to do that? And an angel of the Lord appears to him and calls him a mighty hero. Doesn't it just sound like God? We say, I'm a wimp. And he says, no, you're a hero. We say we are strong. We are weak. And he says, we are strong. We say we're unqualified. And he says, no, you have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through me. And so Gideon, he goes, all right then. He, he sets out a few fleeces. That's, you know, him and his unbelief does that. He couldn't just take the word of the Lord. He had to check up on God. So God humoured him. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's just to get your butt out there and do what I said. But it's like, so Gideon, he ends up, he goes out with 300 men in the end against 130,000 men. And God helps him win the battle. And he's listed as one of the heroes of faith. This man who started out hiding, God pulls him out and says, no more hiding. Come out of hiding. Don't let what I've put in you because I see you as a mighty hero. When I created you in your mother's womb, I said, this man, this is the one who's going to lead my people out of captivity. This is the man that is going to grow up and I am going to use him to go out to battle against the Midianites. He knew him. When the moment he was formed in his mother's womb, he knew all about his story and what he was going to do. He knows each one of us. He formed us. He knitted us together. Every bone, every sinew, every cell of our bodies, every personality, every talent, every ability, he knows us. And if he says something to us, if he says, I want you to do that, if he puts a desire in our hearts, he puts puts words in our mouth, if he puts a thought in our mind, it's because he orchestrates it. 
And too often we just allow the circumstances or false evidence or things being delayed to go, oh, well, it mustn't, mustn't be God. And yet God says, I formed you. I prepared good works for you to walk in. I prepared things for you to do. I prepared places for you to see and people for you to meet. And what are you doing? You're hiding in the wine press. You're hiding away and you're hiding what I have placed on the inside of you. And I don't want us to get to the end of our journey here and have to stand before the Lord and he goes, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Who did you become with what I placed on the inside of you? How did you reach out? How did you shine for me? What did you, what did you, what did you do with what I gave you? Because he expects us to increase it. And sometimes the Lord, we like to be comfortable and we like to just go, oh, I'm just, I'll just come along and I'll just do my thing, Lord. And the Lord goes, no, there's a world out there that needs you to shine for it. It needs us to shine for it because it is wandering around in darkness and it does not know where to go. It does not know where the answers are. It does not know where the truth is. It does not have the words of life, but we do. We do. We do. And what are we doing with what God has given us? Because every time we shine and who we are and what God has given to us, whether it is frying pancakes and selling them and doing it or feeding people who come into your home or just smiling at people, it's giving to them, it's using your song, it's using your skill, whatever it is, when you do that, you glorify God. And when you glorify Him, it reflects Him and people are attracted to us and then they want to know what it is that is different about us. But when we sit, and allow our light to come under the mud and under the muck and don't push through and don't go, God, I'm coming up. I want to hear what you have to say. If we allow ourselves to be pulled down and allow the stuff that happens in life. And I've had crap happen. I'll just call it straight. I've had stuff happen. But, I, but God just will not leave me alone. He will not leave me alone. And the dream that he has put in my heart for 20,000, 20,000, 20,000 souls, he just won't leave me alone on it. If I try and run, he just runs after me. If he, I try to block my ears, he yells louder. He will not leave me alone on it. And, and, I'm, <laughs> and I get mad and I walk and I talk and I run and I run and I run and he catches up with me. And I would say the same to you. You are here because God wants to talk to you this morning. What are you sitting on? What have you let go of? What have you squished down? What are you hiding? Because it's time to come out of hiding. Where are you meant to be doing something? Who are you meant to be becoming? And you're going, no, it's too hard. No, it is not. Because the Lord needs you to do your part. And you do not want to get to the end of your life or in your 80s, 90s, 100s and look back and go, I could have been. I could have done, I could have gone and didn't do it and didn't do it and didn't do it. No, 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 the Lord says. Get up, let push that mud up, focus on me, set your sights on heavenly places, see and hear what I see about you and what I say about your future and run at that. Run the race. Let the things that so easily entangle us and the sin that tries to grab hold of us, cut it off, shake it off, shake it off. Taylor Swift knew what she was singing about. Shake it off. Shake it off and run your race. Run because you will receive the crown. Run because you will receive the glory that God wants you to sit you up on. You know, Australians have this tall poppy sy syndrome that is shocking. 
And so we allow ourselves to come unto it. You're meant to be the tall poppy that doesn't get cut down. We are meant to be the lights and the beacons so people go, look at them. Look at them. That's what I'm hearing. People need to have role models. They need to have people to look up to. Our young people need to have people to look up to. And I was talking to the guys over in Sydney with Shara and I was like, where is there in the music industry somebody to look up to right now? Somebody whose words are something you want to sing. Somebody that you want to go, you know, the young men and women, that is what I want to be like. Where is that? Where are the role models for the young Christian men and women where they are not swayed, where they do not move, where they are who they say they are? Where are they? So I gave my daughter a kick up the pants. Get out there. When you're feeling down, get out there. They need to hear what you have to say. And the rest of them over there too. Yeah, because God, God is saying people need you to stand up. They need you to have people in your home to share with them. They need you to be able to walk along beside them. They need you to shine. And every one of you has a light. And it's not a little candle. <laughs> It's one of those big blow torches. Just turn it on. Just turn it on. Just turn it on. If you would honour God with what he has given you. And if you're sitting here thinking, well, I've got nothing. Really? You really think the creator of the universe gave you nothing? Come on now. He gave us everything we need for life and godliness. He gave us everything we need to shine. He gave us everything we need to reach the people in our world. He gave us everything we need to prosper if we would do it his way, if we would believe only what he has to say. We have no business believing the lies of the enemy. We have no business believing anything that is contrary to what this book says about us. God wants you to accomplish your dreams that you think might be impossible. He says that you can overcome every obstacle. It might look insurmountable, but he says we can do it. And he, when we offer it up to him and go, all right, God, I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm not going to argue anymore. I'm going to take at your word and take what I have and release it to you. It's like the boy with the five loaves and two fish. Now, we're looking at a crowd of over 5,000 people because that was just men they counted when they count 5,000. There was women and children there as well. This little boy had his lunch. And we can be like the little boy and think, well, what can I do with my little gift? But that little boy, he offered it to Jesus and said, here, this is all I have. And what did Jesus do? He increased it. He multiplied it. He overcame a seemingly insurmountable obstacle of hungry people and blessed that food and increased and not just met the need, because that's religious thinking. Twelve basketfuls left over. God won't just meet the need or meet what you want. He said, I will do exceedingly more than you can ask or think or dream or possibly imagine. Ephesians 3.20. He won't just go, oh, I'm just going to give you this little, little life. He says, no, I want to give you the mansion life. I want to give you the big life. I want to give you the big, big, big life that you look back and go, I rip-roared through that on my Harley Davidson. I'm not putting around at a little moped anymore. 
Now they've got anything about mopeds, but they don't go very fast. Which life do you want? The beaten up, like the moped Philip used to ride to come visit me. <laughs> it was a good moped. It was his dad's, but how old was that thing? <laughs> and, well, you know, some of you know the story. The dogs used to run faster in it as they chased Philip down the road. And, you know, I'd hear him for kilometres. <laughs> but, yeah, you can get around on a little moped, but us, Philip, he would have rather a big, fat Harley Davidson with fats. <laughs> would have got to me faster. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what life do we want? Because when we offer what you have, like the boy with the loaves and fishes, God increased it. He increased it. He multiplied it. All we have to do is acknowledge what God has put on the inside of us and stop arguing with him, stop squishing it down, stop saying, I have nothing. You insult, we insult God when we say we have nothing to offer. We do. We insult him when we have nothing to offer. When he is the one, Psalm 139, read it. Read it in the Passion Translation. He knitted us together. He knitted us together. He thought about everything. He thinks about us all the time. You have something to offer the world. You have something inside of you that God wants to use. There's preachers in this room. There's artists in this room. There's songwriters and authors and creative people in this room. There's business leaders in this room. There's prayers that will move mountains in this room. There's people that are waiting to meet you because they need a family to belong to. The lonely that need a home to come to. A good cooked meal to eat. A friend to walk with. There's people in this room, every one of us, and listening online, God has a purpose and a plan if we would just see who we are and stop believing the lie. Stop believing that we can't do it. The man with the one talent buried his talent and showed his fear. He should have buried his fear and showed his talent. I like that. I borrowed that from Joel. (laughs) Today, why not bury in the tomb? Why don't we bury that stuff that tries to keep on pulling us back? Bury the insecurities, the doubts, the fear, what the critics have said, what other people have said about us, what circumstances might have shouted us, and start showing our talent and our skill. If we would start showing our talent, we would see the increase. I'm just going to finish off with um, one of my favourite dudes in the Bible and in heaven, um, David. You know, David was seen as the least of his brothers and um, when even they they came to have Samuel come visit they they left him out in the fields and sometimes we can feel like that that we've been left out in the field did God just overlook us or you know forget and especially being in Perth you can feel a little bit like that (laughs) Um, but I just really really want to encourage you that you just like that acorn we all have huge potential on the inside of it and thanks Miriam for the encouragement because um, when you put something up on Instagram the world can see and it's 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 a big deal because I'm a closet artist (laughs) not thank you Lord (laughs) and uh, and also the things that 
you know, I'm a Christian mystic, you know, I'm a little mystic. And so, you know, I, I engage with God in that way. And you make yourself very vulnerable. And so I need you guys. I need you guys to encourage me. Um, the garden gate. It's cool. Um, but David would have felt like that and he was left out in the field. Um, but he took what he had and that's what I really, as I close, I want us to really be encouraged to take what we have, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit like Sharon did because it's going to unlock things. You know that. It's going to unlock things and bring healing. And um, deeper, deeper. And um, David sat out in the field. He had two things. He had a slingshot. And he had his harp. Yeah? And his harp, he sang, he was a songwriter. And guess what? We're still reading his songs. Generations later, those songs that David just sang out to the Lord out of his loneliness, and they've forgotten about me, and why are my brothers this and that, you know? <laughs> my dad doesn't even credit me to, you know, like he was totally forgotten about. Least of his brothers. But he had a heart after the Lord. And that's what matters, is that just to seek him with everything we have and just give what we have and hone it. You've got a talent, make it a skill. I paint every day or I try to. I write and I blog every day. I don't know how many thousands of words I've written. But God told me to do that, just to take the litter that I had and use it. And he's starting to break it open. He says, you ready to come out of hiding now? He told me that. When I was in Sydney, you ready now? Watch out now. But it's like David, overnight, he was taking some cheese and bread down to the army where all his brothers were in their army gear and everybody, and there was Goliath shouting there. And overnight, he went from a little shepherd boy that everybody had forgotten about, but God. And he'd been honing his skills, killing the bear and the lion, learning how to get him right between the eyes, and when Goliath stood up there with his full armour on, not a spot where you could get him, except right there. What else is going to be able to, a giant, massive man, you're not going to run up and do a, what's that where you run up the walls? What's it called? Parkour? You're not going to be able to do that up a giant. He's going to cut your head before you get there. But God knew that a little shepherd boy named David would be able to fire his slingshot and hit him right between the eyes, knock him out so he could cut his head off with his own sword. So while he was out in the field, while we're out wherever we're doing, don't misinterpret your gift, whether it be little or not so little, whether you've been working at it or haven't been working at it. Take what you have and hone it. Because David would turn from a nobody to an overnight hero who married the king's daughter and had his no taxes for the rest of his life. Come on. Overnight. Take what you have, practice, hone it, make it a skill, bring it out into the light. Bless somebody with what we've got and see what God will do. It's come out of hiding. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the words that have flowed from heaven today, the songs, the rhythms, the music, Lord, the visions. Lord, we take what we need today. We take what we need, Lord, and we, I speak to those fountains within each one of us, that the mud would unstick, that the tubes and all the, all the workings would unblock, 
that everything that is within us that we have allowed a lid to go on it or have allowed muck to block things up. Lord, I speak release, I speak freedom, I speak clarity, I speak a refreshing and a renewing of all the gifts and the talents and the ability and the supernatural and ability, Lord. I pray that you would just bestow your anointing upon each one of us from under the sound of my voice, everyone who is listening, Lord, that there would be a stirring up, there would be a bubbling up, so that those fountains would just explode with your glory, with your light, with your vision with your words, with your songs, with your creativity, with your businesses, Lord, what you want in each one of us, Lord, with where people we're going to meet, with songs of revival, Lord, with words of the gospel, Lord, where we have been holding back saying anything. Lord, I speak restoration where dreams have been snuffed out. I pray that you would dig them back up again. Lord, dig them back up again on us, Lord. And where we've never had a knowledge of what you want us to do, Lord, I pray revelation right now. There would be downloads from heaven, that we would have dreams or we sleep, that we'd have visions as we wake. Lord, that we would know what we're called to do and the purpose that you created each one of us for. Everybody who can hear my voice, that there would be downloads in the name of Jesus and that we would run, that we would run our race. If we've still got a heartbeat, we've still got a purpose in you, Lord, and I pray that we would not, not one of us would underestimate what you've called us to be and do. We pray in Jesus' precious name, release and freedom. And we cut off those things that would try and hold us back and the sin that so easily tries to entangle us, and we shake it off. Even if we have to sing it all week, shake it off like Taylor. Lord, we shake it off in Jesus' name. Amen.